I think for anyone who's listening to this and for yourself and ever anybody really, if you're having moments where you've got this little desire, but then it comes with this wave of fear, just notice that emotion and just say to yourself, like, how good would it feel to be on the other side of this if you actually just went for it? Yeah. You know, and push through that. For me, it's constantly coming back to the vision of why I started, the passion of why, like, what's this actually all about? And then and then just checking in with yourself. You know, I think that you're your emotions and your feelings and your body, they're great tools, you know? They, they give you a lot of feedback into, are you on the right track? Because it will feel good. Sometimes it's scary, right? And you're fin- you're hitting moments where it's like a bit petrifying, but it's like an excited scared rather than like a, you're actually not in harmony with who you really are mm-hmm. feeling. So I think there's a lot of like, you know, listening into that and listening into to your own kind of internal compass in that way. Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Expansion Podcast, a podcast that aims to inspire and empower you to live a more fulfilled life and grow in terms of health, business, career and personal development. Today I am joined by Maria Dunn. Maria was a palliative care nurse for a good few years, working with people at the end of their lives. And she was noticing that most of these people had a similar theme. They all were dying with regret of things that they didn't do. So Maria decided to dedicate her life into helping people so that they would live and at the end of their lives not regret anything. So this is a really inspiring conversation and Maria's going to help share some tips and strategies with you to help ensure that you do everything that you want to do and not let fear stop you. Hi Maria, thank you so much for joining me. For the first question, I'm going to ask you, how do you show up in the world? It's a, like it's interesting when you put it that way because people usually say like, what do you do? But how am I showing up in the world? So for me, really, my main focus is that I'm the founder of Spritz Mindset. Mm-hmm. And then what Spritz Mindset really is, it's an international mindset development consulting agency. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we, it's in a nutshell really, is we teach people how to create the mindset for success. And well, how I'm showing up every day is really, it comes from my story from before that. So for me, um, I'll just I'll just be brief about it, but really just to give you a bit of an insight. Um, I spent about, well, 11 years before Spritz Mindset was even like thought about mm-hmm. working in, pa- in palliative care. So I used to consult um, in one of the biggest hospitals here in, in Melbourne in, in the area of palliative care. And for those who don't know, it's like people who are in the kind of final stages of their life and I really loved my job you know I really really loved it and I was very passionate about it but the hardest part in that space was really just seeing um, people who you know had been full of life and living life but that's what they thought you know suddenly given diagnoses that were incurable and then seeing the level of regret that people were experiencing you know and it was um it was quite profound to the point where I was like okay well we're doing this whole living thing wrong um, you know, we're not really focusing on what's really important for us. And it made me really stop and think. And first of all, think about my own, you know, my own journey and how I was living life and what was important to me. And was I really fulfilling the things that were important to me? Mm-hmm. Or, and also then to look around me and I was thinking, oh my God, like 
you know, people were just, we just have this thing wrong. And, and that was really, I suppose, my starting point was just to really think about, okay, well, what can we do about that? So with your question about like, how am I showing up? I mean, I really say to myself every morning, I ask myself, first of all, am I living life the way I want to live it? And then I say to myself, am I doing the most I can to try and help as many people as I can? So that's kind of my focus every day in, in how I'm living, really. And Reid, what was like that process of getting from working in palliative care to developing Spritz Mindset? Yeah, um, oh, it's been a roller coaster. And I know like you hear that all the time with like entrepreneurs or business owners they're like yeah it's like it's all it's all up and down and in and out and it's just there's so much that go you go through in that in that journey you know um but I think I think for me and what I you know often say to people that I talk to I'm saying well you know when your passion is strong like when you're really passionate about what it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. you just seem to figure things out and you you have this mentality that it's just okay, things may not look or may not go the way that you thought, but your desire and, and, and your connection remains the same. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's the first thing was that it was very much like a, I suppose, a decision and like an energy, you know, like a, I'm going to give this my all. There was, I didn't really give myself room for, you know, a plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think, yeah, the, the journey for me was, was really like a decision okay I'm going to try this and then when it went from being I'm going to try this to like I'm all in mm-hmm. um that's when I just really realized okay yeah that's what you actually have to do um I think I see it a lot of times where, where people are like oh yeah I really want to do this and I've got this you know this idea that I've got but until you just make that decision to kind of go all in and yeah. to to be the new you you mm-hmm. know um because it's such a different world. I beforehand was, you know, you, even just simple things like you were getting paid every fortnight and it was security. Well, that's what we, you know, that's, I'm saying that with, you know, nearly inverted commas because it's not really. Um, and, and what is, what are you giving up for that? You know, but I had to realize, okay, well, there's a lot of things that I have to go through and there's a lot of mindset shifts I had to do myself personally before I was ever in a position to be able to help anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think I think that just to answer your question, I think a lot of it is an internal is the internal work that you need to do, mm-hmm. and then it looks like the practical matter of fact things on the outside, but it's that's really secondary. Maria, do you ever feel like online you're overwhelmed with all this inspiration? Like, oh, I'd love to do this. Oh, I'd love to do yeah. that. Like, how do you stay in your lane? Yeah, it's really a good question. I mean, I think to be honest, and you probably agree as well, is that like we're overpopulated at the moment or oversaturated mm. with the amount of things that we see and, you know, how quickly we see them as well in the day. Like you can't, it's very hard to do anything without being kind of, you know, bombarded in some way. Like, for example, I listen to this series on YouTube in the morning. It's like a meditation series and it's really beautiful. But then like halfway through the meditation, if, you know, if you're, if you're, um, tuned in to YouTube but just at the basic level next thing there's an ad that's trying to sell you something you know that's in your space and I'm like (laughs) oh my god it's just everywhere um so I think the main thing what I would say is like how do I keep myself in my lane is that constant morning reflection Mm -hmm. of saying to yourself you know am I being the best version of myself am I actually fulfilling my desire and it's interesting you bring that up because yesterday I was having a chat with my with my clients and I said something and like it's just really profoundly resonated with me it's funny like sometimes you're your own kind of guru when you just 
listen to what you're you're saying sometimes and and I said that sound might sound a bit funny but what I said was you know it's none of your business what other people think of your goal and I think a lot of us get caught up and I think to answer your question about how do I stay in the lane I think a lot of us get caught up thinking about what everyone else thinks about us and thinks about our goal you know like I've got a goal to do something or I've got it say for example even with spritz mindset right I've got a vision for that yeah. but there could be the tendency or someone you know you you could get caught up in thinking about well this person's doing that and this person's doing that and this person's doing that and compare yourself to it and what I have found is that the people that do that they, they don't really get very far you know because they're trying to try and do things that aren't really in harmony with what their true essence of of themselves is actually trying to express yeah. so for me it's constantly coming back to the vision of why I started the passion of why like what's this actually all about and then and then just checking in with yourself you know I think that your your emotions and your feelings and your body they're great tools you know they, they give you a lot of feedback into are you on the right track because it will feel good like sometimes it's scary right and you're fit, you're hitting moments where it's like a bit petrifying but it's like an excited scared rather than like a you're actually not in harmony with who you really are mm-hmm. feeling so I think there's a lot of like you know listening into that and listening into to your own kind of internal compass in that way yeah I think so and like to be honest like I was in per- I've been like just one of those personal development junkies like since I was probably 17 I had the power of now I always remember when I came to Australia uh, at the start I was 23 I think no way younger actually it's funny actually when I stopped to think about it anyway I think I was 23 or 22 something like that yeah. and I had the power of now in my backpack and you know I traveled in Australia and then I was in Melbourne where I live and I remember like taking that book out and being like like this is the one thing that actually has come the whole way with me you know on this whole wow. journey so I was one of those yeah I was one of those like people that was just always into personal development yeah but I think that the whole industry is really blown up recently you know it's gone from like books that we had in our backpacks or the odd YouTube video to like there's an absolute end of stream mm-hmm. so like I think I completely agree with you what you're saying I think that it becomes transparent though you know it becomes quite clear to people like you can kind of tell the bs from the people who are genuinely out to try and help people and also you can see with their results as well because you know people who are out there just I don't know not what they're out the right intentions they don't go very far and you know, the people that they work with, it don't really get the results that they initially signed up for. So I think for me, I mean, I'm very devoted to my personal growth. It's, it's endless. It doesn't stop. You know, I see it like you have to practice what you preach. So I think that's a really important part of it. You know, no one's developed to the point where they need to be. So we're always constantly working on it. And then just really devoted to my clients. Like I, I really see it as every single individual person I get to work with. I have an opportunity to really help them and I take it on as like quite seriously you know I just think if you do that authentically and you do it from your heart then um it's obvious that it's not bs you know um and that's just yeah I suppose it's just coming from a a real value place you know I just feel you know I think because it's from palliative care and that's just such a raw topic and Mm -hmm. it's such a realness of life like something that I mean not many people talk about that space of life and you know how we feel around those things in life and for me I feel quite privileged that 
that was 10 years of my life, right? Surrounded mm-hmm. by death and surrounded by the end of life. And, and it gets you kind of out of your own way because you think, Jesus, I don't really care what people think about me anyway, because at the end of the day, we're all going one direction. And if I can just help people while I'm here, then that's great. Exactly. You know, that's just an added bonus. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so say, Maria, there's people that um, want to take the leap and pursue the life of their dreams, realizing that life is so short. And perhaps yeah. they want to start doing like workshops or public speaking. What like advice mm. would you say about getting started if they say, oh, well, I'm not an expert in this? Oh, well, you don't have to be an expert to start. That would be my first bit of advice. And the thing is, you'll actually never, like, if you talk to experts, like what you, what we, most of us would deem an expert, right? Mm-hmm. They have confidence and they, they're willing to put themselves out there. But if you really talk to them and you really get into the nitty gritties, they're probably insecure too. You know, they probably have their level of insecurities. So the thing is that you, like with public speaking and say, for example, if someone says, okay, right, I, I. I really have realized that public speaking is a really important part of what I want to fulfill in my life. I think the number one thing is it, it starts where you have to make a decision that you're actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that are out there thinking about things and there's a big difference between, you know, thinking about an idea and entertaining and actually saying, okay, I'm committing to it. And then when you do say to yourself, right, I'm committing to this, then it's about, okay, well, what are you actually putting into place? Like, have you got a date? When are you going to do it? Because when you do those things, that that switches your mind onto a completely different frequency. So rather than you thinking about fear and lack, you really get into a space of, well, okay, now I'm actually doing it. So you get into solution mode. So you're Mm -hmm. actually looking for the solution rather than looking for all the reasons why you can't do it. I think the biggest part of that, yeah, it's a decision, but it's also about realizing that, you know, only you are in control of that step. Um, And, the opportunities, like, you know, I, I, I think about this, I think about if I had waited for the opportunity, you know, the opportunity only opens up when you actually put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really does. Like, you probably had that experience as well, right? It's like when you actually say to yourself, oh my God, I, okay, I'm going to actually do this. And then you make the decision and then suddenly you're like, oh my God, all these opportunities have just like fallen on my lap. Yeah, it's mad. Like nothing, I think um, it's important to realize that nothing comes knocking at your door. Like you literally have to go out and create it for yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's not also like, it's also, it's a scary thing, right? Because you're putting yourself out there. You're, you know, you're getting out of your comfort zone. It's uncertain. It's totally uncertain. Right. But so is everything in life really. Absolutely. But that's where the livingness happens as well, because you know, you learn so much about yourself by putting yourself out there and going after the things that, you know, you're scared of. Like I see fear now, like in a totally different way. So I would have been brought up in a world where like I have the most gorgeous parents and I'm really fortunate for them. But I just remember like if something was really fearful or you really didn't want to do it, it was okay. You didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I was like, you know, so I had an absolute fear of public speaking when I was kids. Like I used to just like, you know, I don't know if, if they have these in, in Northern Ireland, but in our, in down in Dublin, they had these things called feshes where you'd get up on stage and you had to share a poem. Yes, we have them. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh-huh. And I remember like I was eight and my mum will cringe when she listens back to this and like here's the story being shared because it's like a traumatic moment for her. <laughs> but I remember when I was eight, um, I was at a fesh and I had a poem that I had to say that I hadn't prepared at all. And I got up on stage and I said the last line of the poem first. Uh-huh. 
and then it was like a punchline <laughs> and then I got in such a flap that I was like oh god no this isn't the way the poem is supposed to be and then to the point where one of the like adjudicators <laughs> come on stage and kind of walk me off oh my goodness you know Maria you've come and- a long way <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah I was just petrified and then I remember my mum was like so traumatized like I can imagine how it feels to see your little eight-year-old daughter up there just like it was probably about 100 people in the you know in the audience so she was like it's okay we don't have to do that again right Uh out of pure pure love like I totally get it I'd probably do exactly the same thing but you know what I, I think what happened within me then was I thought, okay, well, so when you fear something or if something doesn't go right, that means like just avoid it. It's not really for you. Yeah. So that was my belief, right? So then when I was like, right, I want to do something different. Anything that felt like the same way it felt like when I was on stage with saying my little poem, I kept thinking I had to avoid. So I had mm-hmm. to shift my mindset completely and say, actually, no, when you feel that way, that means you have to do it. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. So I, I think for anyone who's listening to this and for yourself and every, anybody really, if you're having moments where you've got this little desire, but then it comes with this wave of fear, just notice that emotion and just say to yourself, like, how good would it feel to be on the other side of this if you actually just went for it? Yeah. You know, and push through that. Maria, funny you said that. Like these past few months, I've made a decision to look at life like an experiment and whatever yeah. fears me, I am going to follow it. And just challenge yes. myself. And what I've noticed is by doing that, like insane growth has happened in my own confidence, in my own career. Yes. It's just nuts. Yes. It's so good. And that's the thing, because if you're constantly pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, there's two things that happens. First of all, that's where livingness happens. Mm. Like that's living. Mm-hmm. That's actually like everything else is just the mundane, like really just going through the motions but it's when you face your fears and you push through it that's living and mm-hmm. then the second thing is like your confidence like I thought like a lot of people did probably before I got into anything to do with personal development that you were either confident or you weren't mm-hmm. like it was just a personality trait yeah you know I went to school when I was young with girls that were super confident and I was like yeah I'm just not one of them you know just yeah. I really just put it in a box but then I really learned and like I think from the teachers out there that I've worked with, I've really learned that confidence is coming from knowledge. So the more that you know of yourself, you know what I mean? The more you know about you and your potential and how your mind works and how you can really use it to your advantage. And then the second part is experience. So you can sit at home and read all the books you want, but it's not, you're not going to be confident until you you actually just go out and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Maria, I've been like reading personal development books since oh since I was so so young and I used to get so inspired but I did not take any action and nothing changed Mm. (laughs) it is about the action (laughs) it is isn't it and that's the thing I think when you like come back to like the industry and the personal development space there's so much content out there yeah but the thing that people aren't realizing is that you know the all the information in the world it's not going to get you anywhere until you start applying it mm-hmm. and I know for me like that was a massive thing like uh, like what I was saying to you like I was I remember backpacking like I was so like just in my little bubble reading personal development books you know in hostels and like having fun but at the end of the day it only had a certain level of impact yeah. it, was, it wasn't until I was like right okay I'm going to start applying this into my life and getting serious with it so like actually investing in myself getting a mentor like doing things that were were, were signs of actually taking it seriously that I think things really started to change. Yeah, big time, really. So Maria, if people are like looking at your Instagram or your website, they're going to think, wow, this girl is so successful and you are. But I'm just curious, do you still deal with discomfort? And if so, how do you? Oh my God, that? all the time. 
like last week I'll just maybe I'll just explain to you a story because it might be easier to like explain the level of discomfort so I try and challenge discomfort like often like Mm -hmm. at least a big discomfort every week but like daily discomforts like I really I'm always challenging myself in that space but last week I got asked to go into Mercedes here in Melbourne and they were like okay we've got 50 people leadership in the head office we want you to come in and talk about how people can be more productive with their time and effective with their time in order to move towards their goals. And I'm like, okay, that's great. So well, actually the backstory is that she asked me to do it in June. So I was like, okay, this is great. I'm really excited about this. This is a really great opportunity. Um, I have loads of time to, look, to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And then last week she rang me and said, okay, well actually um, we need to just hop on a call to prepare and see how everything's going for you. Cause it's next week. And I'm like, no, it's not next week. It's next month. And she's <laughs> like, no, it, I've been advertising it for next week. So it suddenly got brought forward a month that was the first like moment of okay now I need to really pick up the gear here yeah and then when we're on the you know and then you have the conversations and it's like well these are the expectations and um not just so much even from the the HR department but for the people who are going to be in the room so I could feel the feeling inside of me I'm like okay this is this is different you know this is a big corporate organization there's going to be quite a few people here in senior leadership roles and absolutely you know I definitely felt the uncomfortableness of it and just said to myself okay you this is your time to shine. This is your time to get completely out of your comfort zone and be really true to who you are and just speak from your heart. And I think, like, to answer your question, I absolutely face fear frequently. I, it's totally not, not like all of the things that I do right now, it's all something I had to develop. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't a confident, I didn't have internal confidence in my life. It wasn't something that I naturally wanted to do, get up in public speak. And um, even teaching people, that was a new concept for me. But I, it always, and I think this is why at the start of what we were talking about is so important is I constantly remember back to my passion and my purpose. Yeah. Like why am I, on the, am I on this planet? Like I'm here because people need to hear, they need to be woken up now. That's how I feel. I'm like, people need to wake up now. And too many people are waiting for the pain. Too many people are waiting for, you know, the ill health or the bankruptcy or the redundancy or someone getting sick, you know. And I, I, every time I face that discomfort, so I was, you know, prepping for Mercedes and I'm like, so just think about those individuals in that room and think about how much they need to hear what you're about to say. So I'm constantly bringing my mind back to the drive of, you know, one little soul who gets to actually go and bring more livingness into their life now while they're well. And that's what fuels me through all the discomfort, to be honest. I think, Red, what you're saying is like, it's about getting out of your ego head and getting into your heart space, just remembering why. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so important that people don't give up until they really find out what they're here to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I see a lot of people, yeah, just getting caught into careers that are like, yeah, it's fine. Let's pay the bills. Um, but I always remember Bob Proctor said to me, and I was really profound. You know, when someone says something to you and you're like, oh, and he said, um, you like, know, you earn money. Yeah, exactly. My <laughs> job. Um, he, he said to me, he was like, you know, you earn money by providing service or selling a product or being involved with a product in some, some way. So everyone is earning money for those two reasons. Yeah. It's an energy exchange for those two reasons. And then he said, you go to work for satisfaction. And that's, I suppose, for me, a massive part of it is like how to bring more satisfaction into everyone's life, you know, and, and it's not always about like, not everybody who I work with or talk with, um, leaves their job. It's not even about that. It's actually just about how can you be more connected to 
to who you are and what you're doing and bringing more of that livingness so that you're actually getting through the things that you want to be doing while you're here on this planet you know Reed, do you think that like the more you show up loving your work the more like successful you feel oh my god 100 percent. yeah how much more successful i feel and how more successful like how you much are. success is coming my way yeah. yeah it's and well it's all energy you know and i think mm-hmm. i mean this would be probably something that you would have good insight into as well is you know i thought success was about like processes and systems and instagram and your website and all marketing and all of this and to be honest it's totally not like it's 120% not um I think it's the message is being put out there in the wrong way do I think all that stuff's important absolutely my partner runs a marketing agency I absolutely think it's important but I think what's more important is about our our frequency you know and our energy and and how you know the 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 depths of what we are and who we are as people Mm-hmm. that really it's all just an energy exchange and that when you can understand that like for some people that might be a bit trippy and people will be like what are you talking about but what I really like what I really learned and what I really have I suppose devoted myself to expanding my understanding in is that there's an energy that's in us you know it's keeping us alive it's what gets everything moving in our bodies without it we're just a body and whatever that resonates for each person it might be a spirit or it might be you know energy for me I just use the word energy because it works for me mm-hmm. um and I realize that that energy that within is within every one of us we can understand and we can we can feel is if it's positive or negative due to our emotions you know mm-hmm. so you know we have this we're so lucky I feel as human beings because we've got this intuitive factor where we can say okay this actually feels good and this feels bad you know yeah. I feel in a good vibration today I feel in a bad vibration today and and feelings is just that word that has been invented for really telling us consciously how we're vibrating energetically you know and when you say about like is it about feeling success like absolutely because when you feel successful when you feel joy when you feel like you're living your purpose energetically you're on this frequency that's really positive you're also attracting into your life things that are in harmony with that so that's like the biggest teaching for people to realize is that you're that's what you're in control of you know, you're in control of the frequency of your body. You're in control of the energy that you feel. You're in charge of your emotions. You're in charge of what you're thinking. And then that sets up what you're going to be attracting into your life. So I think it's so important for people to know that. I'm so glad you asked that question because the success that you see in people's lives and what they're experiencing is really what they've just been attracting into their life. And I've seen it firsthand for me. And I think everyone even who's listening to this would be able to find opportunities in their own life where this has happened for them, you know, where you wake up and you're in a good day, you're having a good day and you're in a good mood and the day just progresses. Right. And it's just really positive and things just like, Oh my God. Yeah. That person just was really pleasant. I got my coffee for free and I found $5 on the ground and you know, it just, it all comes together. Isn't it? Like it's it's not a coincidence. It's like that's that's a law of it, right? That's a, this this the law of success that really you hear about, but do really people understand it? And are really people really taking responsibility for it? That's where I think um things like this, you know, listening to podcasts can really help people to wake up to the reality of how much they're responsible for this and and then I suppose what they can do about it. So Maria, what if you feel like you just woke up at the wrong side of the bed? How do you yeah. raise your vibration? How do you you know, get back on track? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think the first thing is you have to give yourself space to be able to feel when you're in those moments. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's about 
really taking note of how I'm feeling. So I always say to, to my clients even as well, you have to notice how you're thinking and how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like awareness is the first key. So first of all, you have to become aware of it. So if I wake up and I'm like, right, I'm aware, I'm not in a good vibration. I'm like, okay, so my only job in that morning, now, unless I have, you know, commitments, but even if I have commitments, I usually get up so early that I have time for this. So I'm first of all, I would say to people, you should get up early in the morning. I think it's like, one of the biggest habits that I changed when I started getting really into personal development and I really, and you hear it all the time and people can be a bit blase about it, but I think it's really important because it gives you the time in the morning to be able to get your frequency on point or get yourself feeling in a good space. Mm-hmm. So if I wake up and I'm like, right, this isn't feeling like the best day or I'm feeling a bit off. The first thing I'll do is just sit like, and just kind of ground myself and just disattach from my responsibilities. So just really getting present in the moment and as simple as it sounds, and I know everyone will have heard this before, I really just start to feel grateful. So when you, I mean, you'd know this as well, right? When you feel and you experience gratitude, you can't feel another emotion. So you can't feel negative. Now, it's not easy to feel grateful when you've woken up and you're in a bad mood, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes a bit of time, right? You have to really practice it. So it's for me, it's, I start off and I say, okay, what, like, I just, what, look around you, like, look at your life right now. Look at all the things that you're grateful for. And everyone can find things to be grateful for. So I do things like, I talk about things like, I'm so, I, I really feel this. This isn't just like a, you know, something I say, I really feel grateful for the fact that I can turn on the tap and that there's clean water. Mm. And then even better, I can turn on the tap and it's hot and I can have a shower. Like, and I, I don't, I really, if you really think about it, like we are so fortunate because there's so many people out there that cannot do those two things. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. So I start my gratitude with things like that. Then I'm like, I, I'm so grateful. Like I can just walk outside and I'm free. Like yes. nothing's going to happen. Most, most like more often than not, nothing's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can walk down the street I can dress the way that I want. I'm a woman in this country and I can vote, you know, so I bring my gratitude to like that level because for me that like is so profound and I can't help but feel it, like really feel it. So I go through gratitude in that kind of way. So then I start feeling it and then I start just jotting down. So I always write my gratitude because I think writing is really powerful. So I jot down 10 things that I'm grateful for. And then I just sit and I ask for guidance for the day. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do today? And sometimes it'll be like, oh, don't forget, like your head, like everyone's head, I'm sure it goes like this every so often, but your head's like, don't forget, you have to go to the bank today, or don't forget, oh, you yeah. know, it's like the to-do list, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I just, <laughs> I just notice that, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I go, no, but what do I need for me? Yes. <laughs> what do I really need for me? And then sometimes it's like, you need to go and get in the sea, or you need to go for a walk on the beach, or don't forget, you have yoga tonight, like it's a priority, or you know, make sure you drink a bit more water today because you didn't drink enough water yesterday or, you know, just whatever it is, like just go slow today. Today is a day where you just need to go in second gear and mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, or reach out and have a conversation with somebody who you know it's going to be a lovely conversation and you're going to really enjoy it. So I, I give myself a space to be able to hear what it is that I need for me. And then the other thing that I do that I think uh, it's been really powerful for me and it might be really helpful for the people that are listening to this is, you know, I... I really send love to anyone who's bothering me Mm -hmm. and I had heard about this before, but I had to cultivate it and I had to learn the skill because it's not that easy to do this, especially if you've woken up and you're not feeling great. So I would, after I feel the gratitude, after I find out what I need for me, then I would just sit and I just imagine, you know, this kind of red heart, like a big fluffy 
pillow in front of my chest and I would just cultivate all this love and I'd put it into this heart and then I would just send it to anyone who's bothered me and it could be some, something as simple as like you know that person that cut me off on the way home from work yesterday or like just things that you you can feel are there um in your mind it could be someone that you've been you know having a bit of a tiff with for a while or it could be even to yourself you could be annoying yourself you know yeah. um so you might need to just send that love to yourself and say actually you know what you're trying your best you're doing your best be kind to yourself um so that's what i do i do that i, I do that i would say i was gonna say every day but there is days that you miss and i think everyone needs to be a bit kind to themselves as well it's okay if you miss a day but I think especially on those days where I wake up in the morning where I'm like mm, I'm not really feeling 200% like this is what I have to do for me mm-hmm. and and I think as well you know um after working in health for so long I think there's two sides to wellness that I think is really really important there is the, the side that there's two sides of the coin there's the filling up of the cup Okay. So it's like the nourishment, it's the looking after yourself, it's the wellness, it's the yoga, it's the meditation, it's the nutrition, it's exercise, it's all that side of things. Yeah. And then there's the like goal side. Mm -hmm. So there's the motivation and there's the drive and there's the, you know, um, the livingness and getting out of our comfort zones. And I think what's so important for people is to have, to find their own balance between those two things. Mm hmm you know oh crucial Maria isn't it it's so important because you actually won't be successful without both sorry to interrupt you no Maria that's so funny I was literally pondering that this evening I was thinking right all our all our um, answers are in nature and I was thinking of trees for example okay and all plants so like they're rooted down and whenever it's sunny they know to open their leaves they produce oxygen they you know are open and they're giving right Mm. And we're like that during the day. We have to be giving and producing and chasing after goals. But trees also close their leaves in the evening and they stop producing yeah. oxygen. They're just, you know, recovering and rejuvenating. And that's like what we need to do every day as well. It's just important, that mm. balance. Absolutely. It really is. And like, I, I, I do believe we all have an abundant amount of energy. And mm-hmm. I do believe that we can do far much more than what we previously have ever done before but I think if people have it at the forefront of their minds that there's a balance between the two sides of the coin between the wellness let's say the the traditional wellness space that we hear about which is the nourishing and filling up your cup and then the motivation and dedication to growth and I think like so on those days the reason that I thought about it when you just asked there was on those days where I'm like you know, maybe not 100, 200%. I'm like, okay, maybe this is one of the days where it's about filling up your cup, you yes. know? And that that's what you need to do for the day. And that's okay. Because really it comes back to that point I mentioned earlier around your vibration. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in a good vibration, then there's no point just pursuing what you're to do task. Absolutely. Like there's no point. There's no point. So all you should do on those days is just do whatever you can to get into a good vibration to say feeling good as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And then, and then from that place, then pursue everything else, you know, whatever else it is that you want to be doing. I am so happy that you brought that up. That is such a good point. <laughs> mm. But I think it's just crucial. I think, and I think like I, I work in this amazing space Um, it's really cool. And it's basically a whole lot of entrepreneurs. We all work underneath one roof. Yeah. And, um, I, I see it like I see it all the time like the grind you know you hear about the grind and it's like just go hustle just go make it happen and I believe okay yes absolutely you do need to go make it happen it's yeah. not going to come land on your you know on your lap but at the same time 
if you're hustling in a bad vibration, mm-hmm. you're not going to get very far. You know, it's going to just be another job that you're working really hard at and it's not going to get very far. And that's why I think that the successful people, I mean, you look at Richard Branson, you look at Oprah, you look at these people who are like massive influencers in the space of personal development and also success. Mm-hmm. And you can see how much they prioritize their own personal development, their own mindset, their own filling up their cup, as well as the hustle. Yeah. So it's like, that's what I think people need to do. They have to realize is that, yeah, you have to go out there and hustle, but like, what are you actually doing um, to work on your own personal growth and your mindset and, and keeping yourself good? Absolutely. Like I know if I have, if I'm in a bad mood with someone and I try to do work, I just can't get it done. It's a struggle. But if mm. I'm in a great mood, the work just comes effortless. Like it's so easy. There you go. It's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And also the outcome, like, you know, like I remember there was a day a couple of weeks ago last week. It was just really significant. You know, when you have one of those days where you just start noticing it, it's like so obvious. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I did, I actually felt like I didn't do any work. I was just in a really good vibration and I just went outside. Like I was just out in the world and things were just happening. And it's like, oh, will you come do this? Will you come do this? And I want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. No worries. No worries. You know, just, and I'm like, well, there you go. It just shows you that it's all about your vibration. It's all about just feeling good. And for me now, if I wake up and I'm in a bad mood and I can't really shift it, I just surrender to the day. I'm like, this is one of those days yeah. and I'm going to be gentle to myself and Aww. I'm just going to go have fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. Give yourself a bit of fun. That's it. Exactly <laughs> right. You're allowed, you know. Really, usually I try to get up at like five o'clock in the morning because I, I love a morning routine as well. But like last night I had a, a podcast till one o'clock in the morning and I was like this morning, no way am I getting up that early. I need my sleep. So I think it's okay to make exceptions as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's really important that, you know, you listen to your body and you know, I think the morning routine is a great thing because it sets you up well. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, there's always moments where you're like, okay, I just need to listen to my body. Um, Absolutely. And I think, yeah, the only thing, the only thing I think that people need to realize is that like no one is on or good all the time. It yeah. doesn't matter who they are. Everyone has their times, you know, and everyone has their moments and everyone has time where they need to re- like rejuvenate rather than be on. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably one of the downsides of social media is that you don't see that. Like people don't publicize it. And like, I'm guilty of it too. Like you won't see me on Instagram, you know, like have sleeping until 12 o'clock, you know what I mean? Well, that doesn't really happen, but like, you know, I don't, as much as it's about like, you know, yeah, you share insights into your life. Yeah. Um, if people are really honest with themselves, there's this part of you that you don't share because you think to yourself, well, actually, I don't know how inspiring this is going to be or I don't Absolutely. know how motivating it's going to be, yeah. you know? And, and that's also just the culture of what we've created on social media, right? So yeah. I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves to, to, to look like the other people that they're looking at, but they're not seeing the, you know, the, the Netflix at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday and like pot of popcorn that like they just don't want to move for the whole evening or whatever <laughs> they're doing to just you know yeah. wallow in their own their ownness um so I think yeah I think people just need to be aware that you don't see the full picture of what's mm-hmm. happening behind the scenes for a lot of people um but at the same time like if you find that the filling up your cup is all that you're doing um then that, that's when it goes too far the other way and that's I suppose another point that kind of leads on to which is really it's so important like as much as it's great to nourish ourselves and, and look after ourselves and give ourselves space and slow down 
you also need to to realize that you know you there's so much to life when you are pushing yourself and getting out of your comfort zone and the growth that's involved in that mm-hmm. so i just think that just people need to be aware of like you know the whole concept of comfort zones yes you know a comfort zone and i always like really thought that comfort zones were like ultimately where you were trying to get to like you would get to a place where you'd wake up and you'd be like like all the T's are crossed and the eyes are dotted. Like I have my pensionable permanent job. I'm married. I have 2.5 children. You know, <laughs> I go on my, my annual overseas holidays. Um, and that that was really the pinnacle, you know, yeah. and that, that, that comfort zone was like what we were all striving for. And like, if you were really lucky, you'd actually have a mortgage free house, you know, before you're 70. So it was like, you know, this, I suppose what society was painting for us as the, the, the pinnacle of life mm-hmm. um, suddenly became, it was a wake up call for me because I realized, well, we're trying to get into a space that actually innately, naturally within our bodies as human beings, we're never going to be satisfied with because we're creative beings, you know? So we always are going to have this desire to grow and to have more and to, to, to express ourselves more. So I think that it's important as much as we want people to, to nourish and take the time to, to take some time out. Also just notice if, if you're in so much of a comfort zone, mm-hmm. it can be dangerous too. Yes. Yeah. It can be a dangerous space to be. I think the secret way out is just to follow that curiosity. Yes. And, if and you we feel, have to listen to that, right? Absolutely. And even if you feel, at least you tried. <laughs> That's that's exactly right and the thing is you you probably you, you probably won't fail uh, yeah like you, you really like I'm seeing it more and more even with my clients right uh-huh. people are so afraid of failing and then it's like well why don't you just go do it right and then they go do it and they go my god it wasn't actually that bad <laughs> like yeah. I did better and then they start realizing well there's not lot, there's not that many people out there that are actually trying no there really isn't because we think worst case scenario and very often that doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think about, you know, it's, it's like, it's not about what are you giving up? It's what are you going to gain? And that was, I know that was for me, definitely the thing with the job. Like, you know, I had a pensionable permanent job, you know, I I just say it like that mockingly, but I really did. I, like I had, I was seeking this job so much. Like I really wanted it. I got it against the odds. Like it was like, it was really the pinnacle from a clinical point of view, the job that I could have got. Yeah. And, you know, you think you put 10 years into your career. It, it was so easy for me to pacify that in my mind mm-hmm. to say like, ah, oh, come on, you can't give that up. You know, I mean, I didn't give it up. I just feel like I moved it into it. It just looks differently now. I do the same thing. I, I feel like my job's actually not that much different. Yeah. You're but so caring. Thing, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I have the same conversations. I used to have the same conversations with people when I was, in palliative care that I have with them now what's important in life yeah what's important in life what do we need to do to make it happen let me help you like that's it the same thing um (laughs) except one person had like you know not so much time the other person has we don't know how much time you know what I mean but they have opportunities so I think that's the only difference but what were we talking about there because I was it was something I was really intrigued to share oh yeah so the what I was going to say is it was with the job Mm -hmm. so it there was so much of my mind at that point when I was about to like move out of my career and, and get into my business or my startup. Right. Mm-hmm. That was like, Oh, look what you're giving up, you know, your steady income, your, you know, you know, oh, yes, this, your pension, your pension, your holidays, your, 
your sick pay, your holiday pay, your, um, you know, how good you look in the banks, yeah, but in the bank for your mortgage, all these kind of things, you know? Uh And then, and then that was one part of my mind. And then I was like, yeah, but maybe the other side will be better, you know, just maybe. And the job can always be there if you need to go back. Well, yeah. And like, yeah, that's true. It is true. But also I think we're sold the idea that that's the ultimate and that that's security and it's not because yeah. you can be let go. You can be made redundant. Like yeah. it's not security. It's absolutely not. And actually I feel like you've got more security when you're in your own business because you're in control of it. But I just, I think my point of this is that you have so much more to gain often by going through your fear and actually going after the thing that you want. And now that I look back, I'm like, I've, you know, financially so much better off. I've, got freedom so much more holidays than I ever would have wished for before I'm helping so many more people in the way that I actually feel I'm really actually helping them not just having conversations like I was helping them before but I'm helping them now when they're younger and they're fit Mm -hmm. and they're able to go after what they want so you don't know what you have to gain on the other side Mm -hmm. you know of the comfort zone like you think that that's as good as it can get but you don't know what's can be even better the brave are rewarded yeah it's true. They are rewarded and, and it's not easy. You know, no. uh, I don't, I think it's not easy and I couldn't have done it on my own. If I didn't have mentorship and support, I, there's no way I would have been able to do it. But I just think that, yeah, people just need, to, I hope people listen to this and think to themselves, yeah, what is there to gain by me walking away from, from things that, that are no longer serving me mm-hmm. and actually going into and moving towards things that I actually really desire. And this can be across the board, like relationships and career and, you know, friendship groups or, you know, just anything, any space in your life that you feel is no longer serving you. You just, you've no idea what's on the other side of it. So I think it's exciting for people to just embrace that. Maria, what was like your steps of creating a business plan and getting your first coaching clients and creating the <laughs> workshops? Oh, do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I never have done a business plan still to this day um this is like my third year now right never I don't even know like I talk to people and I've got clients that are very logical and very organized and they do business plans and that's great yeah. so if you want to that's fine but I didn't um I'm a bit of you <laughs> I literally so well because I, I learned in a different model you know I learned from a guy who um did it my way which was basically figure out what you want mm-hmm. and then just go do it like that's literally what I say to myself every day. So I didn't do a business plan. Um, but I will try to think about the logical, like the, because I think it's annoying. Like I, I listen to podcasts and they're like, I just visualized it and it just happened. And yeah. I don't mean it like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, we're all different all like, learners and you know, doers. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. So I'll just try to think about what, so for me it was the first step was, um, it's actually funny what happened. I went in to do like a appraisal in work so I've been like training sorry oh sorry and appraisals like a no 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 it's good it's like your annual review oh right yeah right so this is when I was still employed and I was at my review and um I've been I was like I was certified at this point so I I knew that I was going to move into this space but I just didn't know what it was going to look like Mm -hmm. um I thought I'd try to juggle it with the job and all of that and what happened basically was I I went in for my review and the first question on the top of the page was what's your five, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. And I had to fill out this piece of paper at home. So I was like, Oh gosh, this is going to be a painful conversation. Cause I knew I wasn't going to be there in five years time. So yeah. actually what I decided to do was I said, you know, I think I'm this, this is a sign. So yeah. I think you have to check, like for me, I'm all about like, you know, listen to your intuition, follow your gut. 
so I saw this as a sign like li- literally written in front of me was like where do you see yourself in five years and I was like I felt like writing not here you know so what I did was <laughs> I wrote I actually wrote a letter of resignation and I made a decision that day that I was like I've got four weeks um I have the qualification I I didn't have the confidence but I was like I'll learn that on the way mm-hmm. um and I just had the gusto. I was like, I'm sick of it. I'm seeing too many patients, too many young people in front of me who are now got 18 months to live and they've been working too hard for someone else or they've been in mm-hmm. shitty relationships and they haven't enjoyed themselves. Like time to get out of your own way, right? So that was what I did. I really made a decision. So I think that's the first thing is like, you have to really decide like, that's it, I'm done. And I'm moving into this new space. Yeah. So that was the first thing. And then at that point, it was all the things like, okay, now what do I actually need to do? So like I had to register my business. Like in Australia, you have to get like a business name and an ABN, which is like probably like a tax number back in, yeah. in the UK and Ireland. Um, so I just started doing all the things that I knew I had to do. I didn't get a website. I didn't do all the things that most people do. I didn't get a website. I didn't have a website at the start at all. I set up a Facebook page and I decided to do an event. I was like, so I decided I was going to do an event. Now I was giving myself a while um I gave myself a few months but I hadn't made a decision I was like I'm just going to start doing events Mm -hmm. because I think that's a way to get people so now the first six months was not easy at all and there were so many times where I was like I'm mad this is crazy because everyone around me didn't really know what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. it wasn't like three years ago I think personal development has really gained a lot of momentum in the last couple of years so even three years ago it was still quite a you know like what is this what is it that you actually want to do and I didn't really know either. So people were asking me, like, what is it that you want to do? And I'm like, um, so I want to help people not die with regret. And they're like, yeah, but what are you actually going to do? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just figuring that part out. So I wasn't even really clear on my own vision at that point. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, then I decided I was going to do an event. So I was like, right, I need to get people in the room. Um, and yeah, when I say the first few months weren't easy, it was a lot of there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of getting out of my comfort zone, a lot of absolutely being petrified. Like it was all very emotional, you know, and there wasn't runs on the board immediately for me. You know, some people like get out of the, they they just get flying straight away. It wasn't like that. The first six months for me, um, it wasn't obvious how this was all going to come together, Mm -hmm. but I really had faith, you know, and I had a a burning desire. Like I really, really wanted this to work. And I, I said to myself, like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want this to work. And I also knew because with the way, with how I work, with what happens with my clients, you know, I mentor people and I, I coach them and facilitate, but I facilitate them through a program that's been around for 60 years and it works. Mm-hmm. So I also had a lot of faith because I'd gone through this program myself. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of faith in the fact that, okay, well, if this has helped me, it's going to help other people. Mm-hmm. So the first people who kind of came on board as my clients were my, my kind of close network. So my mom was my client and my sister-in-law was my client. And I just started working with them as like really, I took it really seriously. And I was like, right, I'm going to use this as like my, I suppose, protege. And like people ask me all the time, like, did you charge them? I was like, yes, I did. Cause I really believed that like, it, cause I knew if you invest in yourself, you go, you come and you have the right you're attitude and yeah, you're going to pay attention. Exactly. It's like, if you get something for free, it's like, bleh. you know what I mean? People do yeah. not value it. So I, I was like, right. I, and I knew that. Mm-hmm. So then I started with those. They were my first, my first couple of clients. And then I put on an event and just remember, you know, the poem story. Yeah. Like I totally was out of my comfort zone. Um, like I was not into public speaking, but I was like, right, well, I have to get out of my own way. And I constantly kept having that conversation with myself. 
I'm like, just think about that one person that you can help. Just think about that one person who will have this experience and come back and thank you. And I just kept seeing like those stories in my mind all the time about people being happy and people actually feeling really fulfilled. So I kept, every time I'd have doubt, I'd be like, no, just put that to the side. It's not serving you. Focus in on the progress. Um, so yeah, then I just started doing events. So I actually had my first event in, a Jan- in January. Um, this was like a few years ago now, but it was, in a, it was January. And actually for me, I thought, I mean, I think it's just all coincidental. Nothing happens, you know, there's nothing like luck or anything like that. But it felt like at the time, like, oh, I'm just really lucky. I did an event in January on goal setting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the room was actually full. The first event that I did, we had a full room. Um, I didn't know. It wasn't like full of people I knew, which was also scary because I'm in a country where, you know, I'm in Melbourne and I'm from Dublin. So I didn't have a massive network here at all. I just had me and my, my sister-in-law, my brother live here, but I didn't even like, and my friends group, they weren't really into it. Like everyone was just a bit like, oh, I'm ready to do this kind of thing on the side. No one really knew what I was doing. So I had to fill the room and there was people there. It was really, really great. So I just gave it my all, you know, I just showed up as me and I said, all I can do is my best. Um, I did my best and yeah, and it just it just really grew momentum from there. You know, I started putting on events. I was doing them at the start every two weeks. And I was just showing up and giving it my all and said to myself, it's just people that I can serve. And people were interested. Mm-hmm. And then I got my first client, like my first um, like non-family member client from that first event. And well, actually, she didn't come to the first event, but I feel like it was in harmony with it. What happened was the event was planned and I was meeting her to talk about the event and then she ended up being my client. So that's how it like kind of started. And then, you know, and then you have the uncertainty of you have to build your confidence that you can actually do it yourself, you know, that you can actually help these people. And then it just grew from there. So then people were having good experiences and then the word spread and it's just very naturally and organically grew that way. And that's what I would say for anybody who's in a service-based, you know, business or anyone who wants to move into that space is that, you know, if you have integrity, like if you're really connected to your values and you're really connected to your purpose and why you're doing it mm-hmm. and you enter into every engagement that you have. So be that a conversation with a potential client or an event that you want to put in, put on or a podcast that you're part of or whatever it is that you go out and do to, to, to raise your profile. Mm-hmm. If you do that with your authentic heart, always at the forefront mm-hmm. and you just be really true to who you are, people will just gravitate to you. And that's what I found, you know, it just, there wasn't, you know, it shouldn't have worked. Like if anyone had looked at my, the way I did it, like I had no business plan. I didn't do any, I had no marketing. So I just literally put this thing on Eventbrite. Um, I didn't even know how to do Facebook ads. I had a Facebook group that had like 25 people in it at this point. Um, so there was no reason for this to work. You know what I mean? Like if everyone was to kind of, if I was going to be say audited by a business growth experts they would be like no this is a complete <laughs> flop <laughs> you know there's um, a lot to do yeah <laughs> there's a lot of work room for improvement you know but yeah. um but you learn as you go you know? yeah you absolutely do incredible. you absolutely learn as you go but I think as well like I can't really say I can't really like say all this without mentioning the fact that like I was working on myself every day yeah so I was like I invested heavily in my own personal development and I think that you know, this is be something that I would say for, for everybody. I actually see it like the same way that we budget for going on a holiday. I do the same thing with my personal development every year. So I put aside a fair chunk, you know, like 
quite a substantial amount of money every year for my own personal growth and I see because the way I see it is the money that you invest in you you get it back in return in in what you do absolutely you know Mm -hmm. and I know that you're you're probably the same like you probably invest heavily in your own personal growth as well yeah I went to like Tony Robbins a few weeks ago and like oh my god it's made such an impact on my life and have you you heard Pat Dimbley read yes I have absolutely He's coming to uh, Belfast tomorrow, so I'm going to see him there. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so Pat was on, yeah, Pat was at BO. So BO was one of the events that I was doing back in Ireland um, last year, maybe the year before last. So it's like a, I mean, he probably might mention it, but he, yeah, he's been a part of BO as well. So it's it's in the, I think they haven't, oh, they did go to, they did go to the north on one of the tours they had during the year. Um and yeah he's another amazing guy you know and also his journey like that he started off in the whole fitness industry and then moved across because he realized that mindset's really the key yeah you know that's actually where where the key to all everyone's success really is so I think yeah exactly you're constantly investing in your own personal growth having mentors having people around you you know thinking about the people that you're surrounding yourself with so I didn't like naturally have entrepreneurs or business owners or people that were thinking in this space around me Mm -hmm. um so I had to physically go and make that happen because I knew like I always I mean probably most people have heard that that quote or that that caption that you you become like the five people you spend most of your time with yeah you know so I was very aware of that and I was like right okay I need to like get out there and like find people that are like the the way I wanted to be and I, I did that you know and I I traveled a lot as well for this stuff and yeah I just think that yeah it may sound like I think I think I don't want people too misled into thinking that, you know, the main thing I would say is you have to invest in yourself. You have to get the right support mm-hmm. and then don't get caught up with the stuff that you think you should do. Like, it's not about the business. I, this is my personal experience. It's not mm-hmm. about the business plan. It's not about the website. It's not about, you know, your logo. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about just getting out there and connecting with humans, you know? Yeah. It's really the answer. I think, um, like, in Northern Ireland, maybe it's the same in it south of ireland that like people spend their money on trying to get like external validation so like you know the nice clothes and jewelry and cars and while that's good they don't really you know invest for their internal validation in themselves you know Mm -hmm. as much it's a really good point no i i I mean absolutely like i mean i can only really think like talk about my 20s when i was in dublin Mm -hmm. um and and even during uni like when I was in college I went to college in Donegal so get closer to yourself um and you know yeah we we're like and and how resourceful you got you know it it was amazing because if there was a new trend that suddenly was out or a new you know uh, fashion line that you're like oh my god I need to get those shoes or I need to get that jacket or whatever you could find the money for that but then to actually say okay I'm going to put aside this money to invest it in my personal growth or my mindset people just don't they don't see the same value in it yeah. where for me now it's like I mean don't get me wrong I really like nice things but and there's nothing wrong I, with that at all <laughs> no absolutely not um I think it, it's very nice to reward yourself especially absolutely. if you know you've you you've been it raises your it actually helps raise your vibration often as well yeah. um but but it's secondary for me as well you know I I know that I would definitely be I would be more I'm way more interested. And even now, like my holidays, it's so funny. I'm going on holidays uh, in August. I'm going to Amsterdam to a personal development conference. And it's like, I'll, I'm way more excited than that than I am to like 
go I don't know if I was going to Vegas or something like that you know like for yeah. me this is like it's what's fun um, and it's what I really enjoy and it's where I want to spend my money um, but also people don't realize that if you invest the money in yourself like let's mm-hmm. just say the internal you um, which I would say is the true essence of who you really are the, the knock-on effect is so vast that it changes your life in so so many ways that you can then be able to actually afford to live the life that you want to be able to live yes and you're just gonna feel more richer and abundant that's it exactly right well I think as well we're not taught that this external validation it doesn't last long because it's it's you know it's quite it's quite shallow really and it doesn't go to the depths of who we really are so like you know you buy yourself a new coat or you buy yourself a new you know lipstick or whatever it feels good in the moment that you buy it Mm -hmm. but if you haven't if you haven't got a good relationship with who you are internally or you feel like your mindset's negative or you know you've got habits that aren't serving you that that's only a short-term fix you know it's a moment fix where you know when you invest in yourself on that deeper level and you can kind of heal yourself or build your confidence or feel better about yourself Mm -hmm. and the knock-on effect and like the, the happiness buzz you get from that is so much longer, right? Yeah. Than the short fixes that we're getting from just the kind of consumerism that we're getting caught up in sometimes. And I also think that there's nothing more attractive in someone than someone being comfortable in their own skin. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's funny. I was doing a webinar this week um, for a group on like how to attract your ideal partner. And we were talking about relationships and it was really fun. And I was saying like, you are the most attractive when you're like, first of all, when your cup is filled up. So like mm-hmm. when you actually nourished your soul, um, but also when you're a goal seeker, like when you're out there and you're motivated, you're literally, you're so attractive. Like not just, not even just like say from a, from a mate point of view, but like just to the world yeah, in general, like you're, you're a shining light. Yeah. yeah like you want to, you want them to be your friend, like the really charismatic people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and also it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's because the essence of who you are is shining. That's really what it is. It's like your soul is shining through your eyes. That's how I see it. When people yeah. are really connected to who they are and they've got rid of the BS of caring what other people think about them and they've realized that the materialistic side of life, as well as it's nice to have nice things, um, that it's not really going to fill their soul and that they've actually kind of, you know, realized that the work they do on the inside is going to be reflective on the outside. They're the people that attract the opportunities they're the people that attract the nice people into their life they're the people that you know that are healthy and they're wise and they're progressive um so I think yeah I think on your point I I mean if one person from listening back to this you know decides to to really take their personal development seriously Mm -hmm. and invest in themselves and go get the help that they need and we all need it by the way like you know you can't see the things that are holding you back. And that's why it's so important to get people around you that can help you in that way. Yeah. If one person, I mean, decides to do that from listening to this and that's a massive success, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like, yeah. like I'm really into personal development, but I'll just say that like, I still have to deal with my own shit every single day. Like my own wee monkey in my mm-hmm. mind. <laughs> it's yeah, a that's it. Job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it doesn't stop, you know, like, um, like I, I remember we were, Oh, it was probably it was a few times ago now it wasn't last year maybe it was a year before and um, I was over in Toronto with Bob and the crew in PGI that's the uh, Bob Proctor is I suppose a person who I work quite closely with and one of the things that that he said I was like okay like you know you seem good all the time 
like mm-hmm. he always seems good and even when you're in his company you're like you're always good like how is that <laughs> and yeah. he, you know and, it, and I was really I was really curious I'm like I know like I know that not everyone's good all the time like it's impossible because it's the law of clarity what goes up must come down right so everything has its moment and every everything will go through a, a season of change yeah and I said to him I was like right well what is it like what's the key what how is it that you're always good and he said it's not that I've always like a hundred percent what he said was it's just that my ups and my downs are not as extreme as yours and what he meant by that was what you really want to be doing is like getting your place self to a place where there's just this your baseline is better mm-hmm. yeah so he still has his ups and he still has his downs but his baseline is like let's say 98 percent positive and optimistic mm-hmm right so I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from him was that like so some people's baseline they might be naturally let's say if you're naturally negative your baseline might be like you're 40% positive and say 60% negative so you're you're kind of set in your mind the way that you're kind of calibrated is you're naturally kind of more negative so you might have you might live more in the kind of downtime yeah you know, just a bit more negative than most people and that can be the comfort zone for some people as well absolutely absolutely so really the only the only work and this is what I'm thinking for, for you as well is the only work is to really raise that level mm-hmm. so if it's like I'm not saying that you're at 40 percent like that you're you know anything like that but with the work that we do on an everyday basis for our own personal development all we're looking to do is raise the baseline so that the majority of times yeah our baseline is good you know that we're seeing things we're optimistic we're seeing the silver lining and we can see the good in other people yeah. we can see opportunities and then so then the work that happens is you're just trying to maintain that baseline just raise it slightly you know constantly raising it um and that's the only difference between someone like bob proctor and someone on the street who's really struggling you know yeah and funny tony robbins was saying at his seminar that people ask him tony like you're positive and happy yeah. why is that and he said whenever he gets feels any sense of emotion he just snaps out of it and you know gets that superhero yeah. pose going and so yeah like yeah. we are human we all experience all emotions it's just about how fast we get back that's it that's exactly right and the one thing they don't do is they're not hard on themselves yeah like they're not they don't beat themselves up they just go oh okay that's interesting I've woken up this way or that that happened and that made me feel this way and now I'm gonna let it go yes you so know they observe they don't I, react exactly that's it big time like even the language like it's interesting I'm thinking like this or it's interesting I'm feeling this way rather than like I feel they're not attached to it yes yeah I love that they just let it go yeah Marie, let I'm, it go. That's I'm it. Cur- curious um are you like the happiest now that you've ever been in your whole life the more work you're doing on yourself it's a really good question and it's funny because you only realize that you're happier when you're happier. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is like, there would have been times when I was in my job or in my previous life. I see it as a previous life because I think I feel so differently than I am now than I was back then. And I would have said, I'm so happy. Yeah. Right. But now that I'm here, it's like I've walked through Narnia's door, you know, it's like now that I'm here, I'm like, (laughs) I'm so fortunate. I it's like this humbling experience internally and it's like it's just real joy you know it's a real sense of joy and yeah I suppose true internal happiness rather than excitement you know I'm so Mm -hmm. happy and grateful for the way that I live right now and 
for having the level of awareness that I've got and just having this, you know, true internal compass that I'm in charge of. Yeah. Um, but I also think, you know, when you ask me that question, I'm like, yeah, but what's next? You know, yeah. what's next? Because if this is where I've got to in four years, where am I going to be in 10? Yeah. And what, I think how exciting is that? I think that's a big part of being happy. It's just the thought of the possibility. Yeah, absolutely. It's about living now. Like, I mean, my life is pretty amazing. Um, you know, I get to do, like, I travel probably like five months out of the year to different places. Uh, I get to help people all over the world. I get to speak at different engagements. I, you know what I mean? Like I, my family is happy. I'm able to like do nice things. And for me, it's all about giving back, like being able to fly my family to Australia business class and pay for everything for them was like the biggest Shut joy up, of last year. Yeah, that was just the best thing. And it's something I always wanted to do. I was like, I want my mom and dad to like have that experience of going, sitting in the lounges and just living life the way I think it should be lived. That's like oh, traveling really? in style is like my thing. Yeah, so I think like, yeah like uh, the happiness that I experience now it doesn't feel like the way I used to feel happy like beforehand it would be like excited or it would be like um it would be sporadic like I'd buy something new and I'd be like oh, it's so exciting or I'd have a new experience I'd go oh, it's so exciting but now it's like this wisdom it's like this humbling wisdom within me that's like this undertone of anything is possible mm-hmm. and what's the next adventure going to be and who else can we help you know, and that's what's really exciting about it, I think. Maria, like, how did you reprogram your mindset to be like, right, I am worthy of an abundant amount of money? Mm. Well, first of all, I have to say, and this might be politically incorrect, but anyway, I'm going to say it. I think that in Ireland, let's just say Ireland in, in general, north, south, whatever, the whole thing, we'll just put it all in one little, I think just over that side of the world, because we've been through a recession, because I left Ireland right at the in the guts of the recession. Mm-hmm. So I think because we've been through that, we have such shocking relationships with money. Mm-hmm. Complete scarcity so when it came, Absolutely, right. We're totally scarcity, lack. You know, we, we really kind of settle into the fact that, you know, we're not going to have a lot. So when I came here, I, it's not, I wouldn't say it's that much different here. It's just that I kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, people had disposable income you know they actually had a bit left over so I'm like oh this is interesting you don't just live from paycheck to paycheck because that's how I used to live when I was in Ireland um and so the, that was kind of the first thing for me then I realized okay there's something to this like I, I'm just curious like what you said earlier right just get curious I was yeah. such a curious soul I'm like okay I'm just gonna get curious so if one person can earn all these million dollars and this person can be on you know social welfare what's the difference like they're still, they're born they're born the same they're born perfect so what is it so i realize okay it's environmental so it's the way that we've been brought up and then what is that so that's basically repetitive information that we've been exposed to mm-hmm. right so i'm like okay so if if that's the case then i think i can there's there's a way to reprogram this and then i got taught you know i, I really worked with really high-end thinkers in this space and I realized, okay, there's actually a way of learning how to change your relationship with money. And the way that I look at money now is money is just energy. Like it really is just energy. Mm-hmm. And the way that you will get your, I suppose, like get yourself to a place where you're attracting more money or that you're more financially free is two things that you have to work on. One is you have to, prov- like you have to work on how you're going to earn it. 
so money it's always exchange it's an exchange okay there's always an exchange of some description um so i realize okay if i just keep getting better at what i'm doing mm-hmm. and identify something that i'm really passionate about so for me it was like teaching people mindset development was my thing and then i'm like i just need to keep getting better at that service in order to be able to to earn more money that was one thing then the second thing was i realized that it was massively to do with self-image mm-hmm Okay. So what I mean by this is self-image is kind of often misunderstood. So self-image basically is the way that you see you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what I realized was that people that were earning a lot of money, they saw themselves pretty, they had high regard for themselves. And then I learned that with your self-image, you can never outperform your self-image, but you can change it. Mm. So I decided, right, if that's the case, I'm going to create a really positive, strong self-image for myself. And I'm going to work with people who are earning a lot of money. So I have, I have one of my coaches that I worked with was earning 250 grand a month us. Whoa. Yeah. So I was like, right, that sounds pretty nice. I was like, okay, well if he's done it, then I can do it. So this is the way that, yeah, this is the way I just started thinking about things. I'm like, there's no difference. There's absolutely no difference. We're all born the same. It's just a matter of programming our minds to be different. So I started working with him. He's amazing. Absolutely amazing guy. And, um, he just started teaching me by the way he was thinking about money. And he's like, this is all we need to do is just keep working on this and working on changing your relationship with money. And that's, that's really what I did. You know, I, I'm working on self-image so that you're actually worthy of it. You know, money, it's, it's an amazing thing because I used to think that if you wanted a lot of money that you're greedy mm-hmm. or that you're spoiled because I didn't come from money at all. You know, that wasn't my world beforehand. Um, so I thought, you know, you, you were kind of, I don't know. I just didn't think very, I had to really dig deep for these thoughts because they weren't just like floating around on the surface. I had to be like, what is it about money? How do I really feel about it? And I thought, well, if you have a lot of it, you know, you probably worked really hard and you probably haven't been really nice to people. You know, these were my old beliefs. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, no, okay, I want to see it like, and so this is the, the, I suppose the main, my main drive is what I say to myself is I say, if good people have a lot of money, they can do a lot of good. Absolutely. That's my mantra. That's it. Yeah. And then I say, and then I just realized because I'm like, I'm a good person. Like I know I'm a good person. And, and I really like, and I think everyone should really get to a point where they can say that confidently. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a, I'm really on a mission and my mission is, you know, to really help people bring the livingness back into their life so that we don't have people dying with regret. And I'm on a mission and it's, it's happening and it's going to happen more and more. And I feel very connected to that. And I know it's a good thing to do. So I know I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, right, if I accept that I'm a good person, then I should desire to have a lot of money because then I can do a lot of good things. And I set goals for myself. Yeah. Like my lifestyle is really nice. Like I drive a nice car and I travel well and that's great. But because you have to treat yourself well, right? Absolutely. Others yeah. will only treat you the way you treat. So you have to treat yourself well, but then everything else when it comes to money for me is about helping other people. So one of my first goals was to be able to, you know, I, me and my brother, my brother's doing amazing as well from all the mindset development work that he's been doing and mm-hmm. um, we were like right what do we do we wanted to buy my, my mom a new car so that was done um then it was like right the next thing was like let's get them over here but let's get them here business class because he's in melbourne as well let's get them here business class pay for everything like they don't have to put their hand in their pocket like it's just done and that was done right so then so we're constantly setting ourselves goals when it's to do with helping other people that we feel really strongly about mm-hmm. so i think there's another there's a part of it that you know i think everybody everyone deserves to get to a point where they are financially secure. They're financially secure. So the mortgage is paid, the bills are paid and they've got excess. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, it's like, what else are you going to do with this? You know, that's the point where you want to get to where you can share. So for me, that's the shift. It's 
to change your relationship with money to a point where, first of all, you're worthy of it. Go get the help. No way I could have done this on my own. But now I really enjoy doing it with other people, you know, for my mm-hmm. clients. Get the help that you need to actually change your mindset. You won't do it on your own. I see like loads of people try to do it on their own. You won't do it on your own. You need to get the help. And you can try to do it on your own, but it'll be so much quicker if you actually just go get help with it. And then I think it's about what are you going to do with it? You know, you're not going to just have it there sitting for a rainy day. You have to decide what it is you're actually going to do with it. Um, and I really recommend helping people because every time that I've decided to do something drastic, and, and, and you know, actually, I'll just share really quickly a little, sh- a little story for you because, you know, when I mentioned at the start when I set up Spritz Mindset and I quit my job and I was like, it was really hard for that first six months. Yeah. One of the things that was really hard for me was I was, all my money was going into my business mm-hmm. and I, and I really like, it was hard. I, I, I was like, I was learning and I was teaching people about success, but my bank balance wasn't really reflective of it. Right. So it was, it was a tricky time. I was like, Jesus, this feels a bit weird, but anyway, I'm going to push through cause I know it's very close and I can't look at my current results. I know it's, it's on its way to me. Right. Yeah. But one of the things that happened was I was really stretched financially, like really, really stretched. It was Christmas time. And, um, I was really, really pushed and I was like, Oh my God, this is bad. And, um, but the thing that, so it was one of the things I read that I really, I'm so delighted I had access to was realizing that you know you couldn't focus on your current results you had to keep your mind focused on your desire because Mm -hmm. that's really what got things changing for me but there was one point where I had really no money like I really didn't have money and I remember I had to ask my brother for we we were going to go to Queensland which is like a two-hour flight away from here and I it was 147 dollars because I remember it so well for the flight Mm -hmm. and I was like Shane you're gonna have to pay for my flight to Queensland like I I just can't afford it and I remember getting on a call with um I can't remember who told me but anyway I was on a call with one of my mentors and they said I think it might have been Bob actually and they said I said okay what am I going to do seriously this is like I'm really struggling here it's not all coming together the way I wished it would have um and like what do you suggest and he's like you have to go and give Right. And I was like, give what? Like, I like, I can't even afford $147 to go, to go to, to spend Christmas with my family. Oh my and he's God. like, that's, this is what you have to do. And I was like, okay. He's like, you have to go and give money to somebody in some way that you feel is really connected to your heart. So I was like, oh, okay. And like, if Bob Parker tells you to do something, you go do it. Like you don't really go, oh, I wonder why you just, you look at his results. I was like, I want your results. You know what I mean? Oh my so, God. So I was like, right, okay, this is like something I really need to do. Um, so I, was, I couldn't really cultivate the idea. So I was just playing with it for a while. And then I was like, right, okay, I'm going to go into the city and I think I'm going to be inspired. And I took out, I had like my last $20. This is literally yeah. the last $20, like to my name. And I went into the city and I'm like, I need to find the opportunity to give this with no expectation, like just freely give this to somebody yeah. in a way that is going to like nourish my soul and I think it's going to be like a game changer and I saw this guy and I'll never forget this story because it was I really feel such a monumental part to the shift of things being hard to then turning into something really positive yeah and I saw this guy who had like severe cerebral palsy who was in a wheelchair and he was selling the big issue the big issue is like big issue is like a magazine here that's like a social enterprise so basically it's a magazine that's produced and they they, they get people who struggle to get employment in, in a mainstream way to sell this magazine on, um, on the street in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And the, the magazine's like eight, usually like $8 or something. And I had my $20 and I was like, I felt like I was like, this is my moment. Like, this is what I would need to do. So I went up to this guy and, oh, like he was just an amazing guy. I thought, oh my God, like here we are. I hear, and I felt really humbled. I was like, here I am whinging like about spending Christmas with my family. And this guy is out, it was freezing cold. 
no, it was, or we also, it was really hot. It was something really extreme about it. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this is like, it's so extreme. This guy was there with his, new, with his magazines. And mm-hmm. anyway, I gave him the $20 and he was trying, really struggling, trying to give me change. And I was like, no, just keep the money. I don't even want the magazine. And I was saying, I really like, thank you. Like, I was really grateful for him. Yeah. And, you know, that was in December and January was when I put on my first event. And since then, you know, things really changed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would really feel it was monumental. So the thing is that with money, like if I had been in my old mindset and if I had have asked, say, you know, people around me who really love me, but don't have the, don't have the kind of wealth mindset that I wanted to develop, they might've said, oh God, absolutely don't give away your last $20. Like that's yeah. what you really need. You need to hang on to that. It's really important that you have that. Like, what are you going to do? What, how are you going to have your dinner or whatever? But the thing is that money is, it's constantly in flow yes. and there's always enough. And that shift my mindset from lack. So I was thinking of lack the whole time before that. I was scrimping and I was thinking, I can't afford this and I can't afford that. But doing that in such a free way, it shifted completely for me. And I'm like, there's always enough. There is always enough. And there's actually abundant and everyone deserves to have an abundance. So I think for anyone who's listening to this, who may be struggling with money or wants to have more money, like you have to work with someone who thinks differently because, you know, that was what it was for me. Like I would never have thought to do that. You know, I would never have thought to go and give the money away, but I really feel it was a monumental part of the journey. It just changed um, your programming completely. Your whole relationship with money. Like, yeah. It was like an emotional impact, you know, because it was so significant and it was, a. Uh, and I think the people who I see who really struggle with money is because they're thinking about themselves. Yeah. And they're thinking about lack. Yeah. So you have to start thinking about abundance and you have to think about everyone else and what you can do to help and serve other people. Oh, I love that, Maria. And so if somebody does want help, like you suggested, where is the best place to go get it? Come work with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I honestly mean No, it. honestly, like, yeah. I, like what sort of uh, yeah, uh, things do you Like ask? I'm not, yeah. So, I mean, for me, the, my pre, the main program that I work with people on is over a six-month period and I have clients from across the world. So I work with people quite closely. You also get taught by Bob Proctor, who's the guy who taught me. So for me, one of the biggest things that I insisted on happening when I set up Spirit's Mindset was I didn't want people to have a diluted experience. So I didn't want it to be like, you know, this is my experience and now I'm going to teach you. I wanted everyone to have the same experience that I had. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've set up. I'm really fortunate to work really closely with him. And how it works basically is I facilitate and mentor people through the same program that I went through Mm -hmm. four years ago. So people are more than welcome to come. They can, we can maybe like have my, my, my email address. Well, come follow me on Instagram because that's obviously one of our fa- favorite things to do. Um, so Spritz Mindset is on Instagram and we're on Facebook as well. And you can just come and send me a DM. I think that's probably often the easiest way to do things rather than by email. I think email is kind of dying. You can just direct message me on any of the platforms um, or check out my website and there's an inquiry form there you can send to, to send through to your details to me. But I think that's, to be honest, like, I've kind of got over the, you know, trying to be discreet. I really feel that if you really want things to change, you have to go get, get help and you have to go get the support. And I think what we're doing right now and the package that we have, we have an amazing, amazing community. I think like what we said earlier about the people that you surround yourself with. Um, I kind of, I had support when I was doing this, but I didn't have what I, the level of support that I wanted. Like I didn't have a community that I felt like I'm embedded in this community and everyone's doing this together. Mm-hmm. So I really worked hard at the start of Spritz Mindset to, to develop that. So we've got this amazing community 
um, of people who are all going through this journey together and they really support each other. And there's people from Ireland, there's people from France, there's people from Canada, there's people from Australia. Um, and we all get together twice a week and really support each other during this, this experience. And I think that's what people really need. So anyone who's interested in learning more about it, it's also not for everybody. Um, so I'm very frank with people. And if I don't think it's the right fit for you, I'll let you know. But I'm open to having conversations with everyone who, who just re is resonating with what we've been talking about today. And how long does the program last, Maria? So the, there's a few different options that we have. So some of the stuff that I do is four months six months and then some of my guys like I've worked with some of my clients for 18 plus months so it just depends on what people need and that's why it's so important that we just have a quick call first because I can help just assess where you're at and mm -hmm. what you need um in relation to the results that you want so then I'll just let you guys know honestly what I think is the best fit for you so it just varies um the thing is that and I would what I would say is it takes time to have permanent change you know, you're not going to, like, I see courses out there that are like, you know, come join my month program. I'm like, that's really great to get you motivated yeah. um, and, and to kind of get you the ball rolling for you. But for me, I suppose what I want to see is I, I work with people, like I really give my clients my all. So the way that I see it is I want to work with, with people over a period of time where I'm gonna, we're both going to experience the sustained change that they want to see. Mm -hmm. so that's why I think, you know, a minimum of four months is needed for us to be able to do that together. That's that's really powerful stuff. Maria, we'll leave all your details in the notes. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. I mean, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. I think I really enjoy what you're doing and I think kudos to you because you're investing your time, like what you said, you're up till 1am last night, putting in the effort to, to record these podcasts and get this information out to people. And it's people like you that are um, making these opportunities possible. So I have to say a massive thank you to you too. No, thank you so much. Maria, I'll just finish with two questions. So first of Absolutely. all... Absolutely. What are your favorite gifts to, sorry, your favorite books to gift people? Okay, great question. Um, and I'm going to think about what is my, right now at this moment in time, my favorite. I'll just, maybe I'll tell you a few different ones for different topics. Go for it. So, because people might be listening for the, for, on this and thinking about different things. So, for example, if somebody wants to um, work on improving their, relationships so mm -hmm. their mindset for their relationships I would say there's a lady called Alison Armstrong and she has a few books um, and one of the things I enjoy most is like one of her audio books which is called In Sync with the Opposite Sex and it's really fun and that's what I would say for people to start if they want to improve their mindset around their relationships um, if people want to improve their mindset around money I mean the, the number one go-to is Think and Grow Rich, right, mm -hmm. by Napoleon Hill. Um, that's really like, I think that's like the personal development Bible for a lot of people. Um, and I would, I would have to say I would agree. I think it's, it definitely will help improve people's mindset around money. Mm -hmm. um, and then in sales, so if anyone's in startup, so everybody is in sales in one way or the other. And I think if people really acknowledge that and they embrace it, uh, that can often be a really positive thing. So I think anyone who's in sales, so anyone who's in a startup, anyone who wants to get into a startup and wants to work on their sales, there's a great book that I've re read recently, which was um, how to raise yourself from success to, from failing to success in selling. And the author, mm, I might have to message you and you'll have to put it in the notes. No worries. Um, do that. Anyway, even if you just Google that name, it's, that's, um, yeah, that's a really good book for anyone who's in sales. 
that was really helpful. Thank you so much, Maraid. Um, I'm just curious as well with the book Think and Grow Rich. Have you followed the exercise where you've written out your goal and do you like review it all the time? Absolutely. So I have a goal card that I carry with, my, with me every single day. Uh-huh. Like it's always with me. Um, and I read the first thing I do in the morning is I have a big whiteboard in my office that I read out loud my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I would very much practice the, the principles that are within Think and Grow Rich. I think that they're very effective. And I think if you talk to anybody in personal development, um, they really, they do like, it's often, they may not even realize it, that they're referring to, to elements of it, but it's definitely within that. So yeah, I, I, and often sometimes if I like, say for example, what you're talking about getting into a good vibration or if you're not feeling great or you want to just get your vibration like in a really great space, I'll just sit and be writing out my goal in the present tense. Like mm-hmm. it's done you know, yeah. living in that energy, like your goal is done. This is how I feel. I'm so excited. And I'm, yeah, I'm constantly like, I'm very goal orientated. And even with my clients as well, I'm always wanting to know what people want to get out of it because it's all great with personal development. It's all great to work on you and it's all great to develop yourself, yeah. but it needs to be goal orientated. Like there needs to be an outcome that you want because that's, what's going to keep you motivated to do the work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. I definitely value the information in that book or in goal setting. It's really, really valuable. And read the last question. If you could have one message on a billboard for everyone to see, what would it be? It would be be the change you want to see. Thank you so much for talking to me. <laughs> You're more than welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Maria from Spritz Mindset. If you would like to connect with Maria or find out any more of what she does, all her details are in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please let me know. If you could go onto the iTunes store and write me a review for the Wild Expansion podcast, that would put a big grin on my face. (laughs) Um, I hope you're having a lovely day and I will speak to you next week.